VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, and welcome to episode number 178 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry with me. I have the top two. Dustin Galker, Adam Candy. You want to follow them on the Twitter machine, and you should. It's free at Adam Candy. Two E's, no Y, at Dustin Galker. If you hate yourself, you can follow me at Matt Brown M2. Everything we do, absolutely free. So please subscribe, rate, review. And if you're watching us over on the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button down below. Do appreciate it. When rich people talk, we listen, especially when it's in Texas and it has to do with sports betting. We will talk about that. Some more stuff coming out from the UFC gambling i don't even know if we're done with all this i was gonna say call it k i mean we don't know where how far this thing is going to go and spiral so we'll talk about some new stuff that has come out there we got some staff predictions from the guys over at lsr as well but dustin let's kick things off here with new york we talked about this that hey listen maybe some of these states after they went ahead and passed either some laws and regulations stuff they might revisit some different things down the line figure out if, you know, we need to change anything, if we need to do whatever. And this one is actually some, maybe some expansion talk. Yeah. And we'll put this with a caveat, who knows, but at least the discussion is being had, but we are, we saw a new bill from Senator Joe Adabo uh, in New York to, uh, to expand the number of sports betting operators that they have in New York. This would effectively drive down the tax rate for the existing and any new operators and uh, arguably make it a more sustainable market for all of the, the sports books that are and want to be in New York. How now, how do, is this needed? Um, I don't know. Uh, but there's obviously, a, a, we're always an advocate of a more open market. Um, you know, even uh, Adabo, the sponsor of this bill said, you know, this is just a starting point and that, you know, they have to prove that this is not just going to lower the tax rate and that it's not going to hurt the, you know, the tax receipts that uh, New York has realized in, in year one of sports betting. So it's a, probably an uphill climb. Uh, certainly uh, operators are lobbying for the lower tax rate. The operators who are not in would like to be in New York. So there is obviously will on the uh, on the industry side of this. Is there any will within New York legislature to actually to again effectively lower the tax rate by allowing more operators in? That's a question. So uh, you're gonna have to. There's gonna be a lot of maths. Uh, I know that Matt is not, that's not your huge strong point, but don't love uh, math at all. Hate yeah. it. Uh, but well, we yeah, we're going we're gonna to see some maths put out uh, about how uh, whether this makes sense for New York and whether, you know, can if we add, uh, you know, the, uh, we can list some of the folks that are not in Barstool and 365 uh, fanatics that would like to be in New York. Does that move the needle and, you know, create enough more enough added volume that that tax rate makes sense? Who knows? Um, 
I'm gonna, I'll go on a limb and say probably not, uh, if we're, especially if we're getting up to 16 operators and lowering the effective tax rate to um, 25%. It's actually 15 operators. So we'll see. A lot to go. This is, I don't know, I feel like this isn't going anywhere, but it, uh, stranger things have happened uh, and there will be a lot of lobbying because, you know, short of other states launching, uh, operators getting, you know, making a more sustainable uh, environment for themselves in New York is going to be a, a, a key point in, in their in their future. So. So, Adam, this might be one of the weird circumstances in which operators might welcome competition, right? Because they would almost you would almost think the people that are there would actually lobby for more to get in there, therefore getting a lower tax rate for themselves and them thinking, hey, listen, we're already going to have the majority of the market as it is anyway. So we don't really care if more people come in here. So it might be kind of this weird deal where you have some guys going, no, 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 bring, we should have more people, bring them, bring them in. Absolutely, Matt. We've heard operators pretty much from the moment they proposed and agreed to this tax rate, complaining about this tax rate. Uh, They were the ones who put it out there in the first place. And let's never forget that, that it was made fairly clear by the former administration under governor Cuomo, that 50% was sort of the, suggested uh, tax rate that nobody who proposed lower than that was really going to have an opportunity to get in. Not that they have to no, but they did. And 51% is what they agreed to. And I think what you're going to see is not only would they welcome it because of the lower tax rate, as you mentioned, the obvious, but they don't really fear any competition, right? Whoever's there is pretty well established at this point. Uh, For example, Ballybet, not to pick on anyone in particular, they just happen to be number nine out of nine when it comes to market share. They only launched in July, so we'll give them that caveat. But $338,000 in sports betting revenue in a state that had $16.8 billion, with a B, dollars in handle last year. So do they really worry about what Fanatics or Barstool is going to do to them? No, not, mm-hmm. not at all. So whether this bill ends up going forward in its current form is highly skeptical. But even Senator Joe Adabo said in the story, look, we have to get this discussion going again because this bill was here last year as well. And it didn't end up producing anything. But the operators are going to continue to push for a tax rate discussion. And so savvy legislators are going to have to at least put a bill forward to mollify those operators, even if the discussion doesn't get to where those sports books want it to be. And Dustin, this is the time where if people are just joining us for the first time or haven't been longtime listeners where we give our typical spiel of saying, hey, listen, whether these guys are going to become, uh, you know, actual major players or not, or even have any sort of market share, the more the merrier, the better for the customer, the better for the industry, the better for the market when people have choices. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've all, I've always been an advocate of that, that yes, you know, the consumer should get whatever they, you know, I, I famously only get my one operator DraftKings here in Oregon. It would be great if I had more. Uh, it's better for the consumer at, at the end of the day. And, you know, we talk a lot about tax revenue and all of that. You know, this is providing this, a lot of this should be and the framing should be providing legal and regulated sports books to to people who want to use them. Right. That's the you know, and if we don't 
have all of them. Mm-hmm. You don't need all every last one who wants to be in there. There's that's not the argument. But, uh, you know, there are several operators who are, you know, at least are needle movers that do not have access. And that's artificial. Again, I, I can't advocate unless somebody's going to come in and tell me that, you know, that they actually do replace the revenue. I'm not I'm I'm going to side with New York. Like, do you need to be do you need to expand this law to, to let more people in if all you're doing is lowering your effective tax rate? That's a hard argument to make if you're if I'm uh, if I'm the state of New York or a legislator. Again, it's maybe that math works out. You know, uh, we'll see how Fanatics does. That's the one out of all of them. And again, we we talked a lot about 365. Those two coming in is interesting. Sure, Barstool, you know, is uh, um, around four or five percent of market share nationally. Do they just cannibalize? Do they add a little bit? Maybe, but I still, you have to, if you're going up to 15 plus operators, you have to get to this, this threshold of like, you're doubling the amount of handle and revenue so that you can, you know, so that the tax revenues don't go down. That's the, that's the easy slider math. And I like, unless they can, somebody's going to provide a document that says, yes, we're going to expand them. We're basically going to double the market so that we can, uh, you know, double, so we can decrease the tax rate by basically half. That's what, you, that's the argument. And I'm, I'm not like, I'm, you know, I was skeptical of New York at the beginning, um, and I still think there's reasons to lower the tax rate. Certainly for operators, they're not going to spend the acquire customers uh, as much in New York and not going to market as much because th- that return on each dollar is less. But still, they have this baseline that they've set. That the, again, Adam pointed out correctly, they all agreed to this, and if they didn't want to be in, they didn't. Ha- they don't have to be. Uh, so uh, interesting conversation that is certainly going to uh, again just, just uh, this is a conversation starter. I would not expect this to be done this year, but if anything anything we talk about you have to start these conversations the pace of uh, of this is not going to always you know be uh, knee-jerk reactions to whatever the operators want adam we uh we said anytime anything happens in texas we're going to be talking about it we're going to be writing about it because again it is a massive massive market that could really be a game changer and we've talked about several of these very rich very powerful and very influential people that are within the state that have at least at some point somewhere along the way said that they are in favor of that. We know that the Dallas Cowboys owner in Jerry Jones fits into that category as well. And Hey, he spoke this week. Headline man worth $11.4 billion wants thing that makes more money film at 11. (laughs) Do we need more? Well, I guess we have a little bit more that we can talk about there with, uh, with Jerry Jones. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a surprise because he is part of the Texas Sports Betting Alliance, this lobbying group that has put itself together with a lot of the team owners and other stakeholders who are trying to push for legalized sports betting in Texas. Now, we just started the legislative session on January 10th, so we're in the infancy of the ability to get something moving here. But Jerry Jones did an interview this past week, and I'll read you some of the quotes from him. I think it's really a thing that needs to be addressed at this time. He continued later. All of those things can be enhanced and talking about things that can be enhanced. He's talking about lowering property taxes and increasing educational funding can be enhanced by something that is presently going on in a big, big way. And we should be getting the benefit of it as citizens of Texas. Other states surrounding us are. So it's a time, I think, for us to set the rules up and execute on it and get the benefits of it. And he's absolutely right. Uh, Louisiana has captured a a lot of money. And uh, we talked about the uh, the gentleman who sells betting last week and the fact that uh, that money has obviously been going to Louisiana over the course of time here and he resides in Texas. So that's just one example of what we might see. So, you know, in Texas, there are, there's a long way to go. We still have uh, uh, almost two full months until a bill actually has to 
get moving in March for this to have a chance of happening. Uh, remember, of course, in Texas, it is a constitutional change. So we're talking about getting a two-thirds majority and then having voters approve it at the ballot box in November. So a long way to go. But as we've talked about many times on this podcast, Jerry Jones and his $11.4 billion net worth and his franchise that is worth $8 billion do sound quite loud when they decide to use their voice. And Dustin, he, you know, he mentions the property taxes there in Texas. So one of the things that we talk about all the time, you know, there are these states that don't have state income tax, of course, Nevada being one of them, Florida being another, Texas being another, but Texas property taxes are astronomical, right? Where So they make the money back, so at least a little bit of it back along the way. And that has been kind of one of the things that has certainly been a more hot button issue here, probably even since COVID came along where people have a lot more time to scrutinize things. And certainly you start looking at, at these property taxes in Texas going like, hey, why, why are they so astronomical? What can we do about it? And so He's kind of going, I don't think the low hanging fruit stuff like they did in California, because I think the property tax stuff <laughs> truly affects everyone in the state pretty much. You know, I mean, like 80 to 90 percent of the people that actually appeals to, unlike, you know, the homelessness issue in California where, you know, that comes up and we, like we were talking about. I mean, there's a lot of rural land in California. Like it's, there's a lot of people who don't even see homeless people <laughs> on a daily basis or live in the suburbs and it doesn't affect them in the least bit. So at least this isn't one of those deals where it's kind of like, oh, let's let's bring up this thing in the state that, you know, is happening and we're going to we're going to change people's minds. Like the, the, the property tax stuff in Texas is, is an actual issue they've been talking about for a long, long, long time. Yeah. And, and this is exactly how you approach it. You don't promise like, you don't promise like this is some huge windfall for Texas either. I mean, it is new money. It is found money. Whenever you legalize a new form of gambling, found money that the state was not realizing before. So it is that it's it's something. But it's, you know, these like the middle road like well let's just like already going on we have we, we should have sports betting and we should make some money off it these are these are the yeah. very core uh, like this is what the lobbying playbook has been for the five years that we've been doing this and it's yeah it doesn't go too overboard you know so it makes common sense and that's you know that's a i think that's a winning argument that everybody should be should be behind uh, it is yeah you, you know he promised bazillions of dollars that's probably not going to happen These, you know uh, texas has a huge budget the, you know sports betting is is a you know if it is legalized is a small part of that but it is new money and uh, i yeah i you know as uh, jerry's a smart person he's hitting the night, nice the right notes he's you know has you know certainly probably there's probably focus groups the alliance is probably here's what we should be talking about and yeah there's just the fact that jerry jones is using his platform to talk about gambling while his team is still in the playoffs like that's right. Interesting, right? People are, you know, people are like it was three basically if just a few sentences, but everyone is going to take stand up and take notice because Jerry Jones and uh, you know that is uh, that is weight on the scale for any legislator who's thinking about w whether they should support this. And Adam, just to put a bow on this, I mean, this is stuff that we're talking about right now, and we're getting these guys to start to talk about it a little bit. We talked about the Cuban thing before. We know Tillman Fertitta's stance on this. We know obviously the the furniture store owner's stance on this, you get Jerry Jones, whatever, and we don't even have a bill yet, right? So, I mean, like once a bill is actually introduced, then this is really going to crank up because then we're going to have something tangible for these people to, you know, in theory, get behind. And representatives from the Sports Betting Alliance told our Mike Mazio they expect that bill to drop sometime next month, uh, which would obviously give time for it to be massaged and evaluated and tweaked to the liking of many different parties. And look, Texas is an enormous state with many different political bents, and it might take some working for it to get through the legislature and then for it to get through 
Governor Greg Abbott. So uh, we are absolutely in the infancy of this right now. I would just say that as opposed to other big states, we've talked about Florida, California, and so on, and, and how difficult those were. The tribal interests in those state and, and states and their sovereignty made it a lot more difficult than Texas. So it is the it might not be low hanging fruit, but is the lowest of hanging fruit when it comes to the big states. Dustin, we have talked about what went on over in the UFC. If you guys did not catch that, go back a couple of episodes. We talked about it on the pod here at length where there was a coach and they did some investigations and listen, some fishy stuff started going up. And this is what we talk about. Why legalization is great. Why some of these things actually do get caught because you start to get fishy betting patterns. Some things start to wave some red flags. And the next thing you know, hey, listen, we are able to find out that some stuff was was going on. Well, this has actually gone a little bit deeper at this point. And maybe who knows by the time they get done with all the investigations, how deep this might end up. Yeah, this is this. What, I mean, the UFC's scandal around this, and I guess I use the term scandal, is it, 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 it was kind of drips and drabs. And this one's the biggest one for me. It's, uh, you know, we have, and it's, the story is now too long that I think we can really, add, we have, we can, we can, it's hard to adequately sum up the whole thing. There's a suspended MMA coach, James Krause, who uh, is, is at the center of this investigation. There was a fight that was called off because of betting integrity issues. And now the ESPN's David Purdom reported that he is, uh, he was a Middleman for offshore sports books and betters. He's uh, responsible for a uh, for a being a, a go between for this Antigua based uh, offshore sports book. And this is one. This is I don't know. It's all problematic, but this is almost the worst one. And this has been going on for years and years. We're just finding out about it that nobody had ever, you know, really known. You know, I mean. Clearly, probably people knew, but this was just going on in the background and nobody said boo and the UFC didn't do anything about it. And, you know, this is where I'll turn it back to you as, as the UFC slash MMA expert here. Like, it's just, this is this is pretty bad. This is a bad look for the UFC. And uh, this, this has been going on in their house and they're, you know, it, it makes you it does make you wonder now, how where is the bottom of this? This this feels like it's not the bottom. We, I, I don't know. I mean, that's speculation. But like if this is going on, like there's there's going to be more people, it seems like that get wrapped up in all of this. So, Adam, I want to uh, what I'm looking at here on my phone, if you guys are watching, I, I uh, let me first say this one. Don't do shady things in the first place two, if you are maybe don't send out text messages like this to groups. This is the fighter that just got suspended by the Nevada state athletic commission. He's trained with a lot of fighters, lives and breathes this sport as a coach fighter. And at times has the scoop on injuries, non-announced matchups and how fighters look in training camps in stocks. This is called insider trading in MMA betting. It's called James Krause knowledge for the last six months. All my bills, including mortgage and car note have been paid via Krause's picks. Do yourself a favor and join the group. Just saying if uh, you know, listen, don't do shady stuff in the first place, but if you are, don't send text messages to groups of people like this, where it is the most incriminating thing on the face of the planet. I read this and I was just like, this is, what are, what are we doing here? Just, no one learned anything in, in life. Again, Adam, I'm not <laughs> endorsing doing shady things, but I got to say, when you write stuff like this, I, I have no sympathy for you whatsoever. So, Matt, you think it's a problem that <laughs> he compares it to a crime in real life, but then says when it comes to betting, it's just James Krause. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that was uh, how, how how interesting. How how was, interesting. That was quite the that was quite the text that was sent out to apparently a large group of people who he was trying to recruit to join this this betting group with uh with James Kraus James Kraus and whatnot and and Adam let's go back to again before people who don't know the whole story and certainly maybe are just getting into this and by and listen to this guys if you are if you are a legislator if you are someone in these other states and you go I see this is what we're talking about this is why this is bad listen go back and listen to our original podcast anyway but the cliff notes of all this is in individual sports such as MMA such as boxing such as tennis. Weird things like this, fully admit, can certainly happen in a one-on-one situation where someone has complete control of the outcome of an event. So, Adam, I just want to say that because people go like, oh, yeah, see this guy, that's why he's missing extra points. And so I was like, no, man, these, these, no. The minimum salary in the NFL is several hundred thousand dollars. Every guy is making millions or whatever. There's no amount of money that could be made in a gambling situation that would change all of this. So there's there's so many layers to this, why it does not apply to the NFL, to the NBA, to National Hockey League, any of these major sports where there's minimum salaries and the minimum salaries have grown so large. And the players that actually could affect the game anyway are the stars and the stars are making tens of millions of dollars. And so they're never going to do anything to risk any of that. So again, just a, the caveat and all of that, because I think that some people can use something like this and, and take just a snippet and go like, see, that's why it's bad. And that's why it shouldn't happen. But that's just not the case in the majority of the sports and certainly the popular sports that people wager on. We'll read up on this story. If that's mm-hmm. what you're thinking, because mm-hmm. what we're talking about right now is Kraus acting as an agent, for an offshore illegal sports book. Well, when we talk about the regulated market, when was this caught? This was caught in the regulated market, right? Mm. That's why it was caught. The regulation is the reason that we know about all the other activity that was happening in the shady offshore market. These are the things that can continue on unfettered in the illegal market. And there's a reason we call it the illegal market beyond the fact that it is violating federal law when you're wagering with offshores, but also because it allows things like this to go on in a way that the regulated market, yes, obviously it happened, but the whole idea is it was caught in the regulated market. So regulating sports betting isn't just about capturing tax revenue. It is about keeping the activity above board. And, and Dustin, just, uh, you know, a little, I mean, maybe not too little too late. I mean, whatever, but just again, from, from a UFC standpoint, immediately as this came out, all fighters, all coaches, even managers, anything, anyone that could have any sort of information whatsoever about what's going on in these training camps or injuries and all that stuff has now been barred from any sort of wagering on the sport at all. So that is, that should be also mentioned in all this. I mean, again, maybe that should have, maybe there should have been the foresight to have that be a policy from the get go, but that is at least the policy now. Yeah. Cause you, I mean, you'll see at this point is caught reacting to the news, right? Rather mm-hmm. like, uh, like, yes, great that they did that. That was well overdue, but yeah, now, now, I mean, federal investigations, who knows what's going to come out of that. That's the, that's the thing. That's the thing I'd be scared about is what, like how many people are going to get, this is going to hang over the UFC for a while. Um, but yeah, the, again, uh, this is not sports betting is bad. Like Adam said, this is the regulated market catching this. We, this will still be going on right now. Right. If it right. wasn't for the, 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 the logistics around the regulated market, that is why this came to light. So um, yeah, not, this is both, this is a poster child, I guess, for both, the good and the bad of sports betting. Like it was caught, it was, it's going on. Like people are, you know, 
it happened, but it also was caught because, you know, it, this is being brought into the light in a way that it might not have been or definitely would not have been in the past. Adam, you owe you and the uh, staff over at LSR put together some predictions for the upcoming year as we enter the the third week of the month here. So why don't you kind of run us through what guys were thinking? So credit to our Pat Evans for spurring the discussion and getting us a little crystal ball look at next year. And obviously the LSR staff has expanded. Sam McQuillan uh, joined us in December. And so we surveyed everyone said, just give us a little bit of something you expect to happen in the coming year. And I thought that there were a good variety of answers that came from the staff. I would encourage everyone to read the details at LegalSportsReport.com, but I'll give you a little preview in where Matt Waters talks about the expectation of regulation. Uh, we have Pat Evans and Mike Mazio both predicting which states they think will legalize. And uh, Mike, who's been covering Texas closely for us, he actually thinks that it's a possibility uh, in Texas. Uh, Sam apparently is our angel of death because he expects that multiple sports books will close in 2023. Uh, so more cheery predictions from legal sports report. Uh, and I talked about the fact that I think this is the year for the heavyweights. I, I, I heard it last year when it came to three, six, five, that it was going to be a 10 state year. Uh, this year, we see that it might actually happen as they begin their push into Pennsylvania. We talked about that and the uh, the good signs for 365. They're willing to get involved in Pennsylvania and talked about the fact that you know ESPN has talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. And again, I, I think that there, there's a convenience there talking about 365 and ESPN uh, of them potentially getting together. And we've heard from fanatics that that it's coming. And we know that mm. later this week, we're going to see the first retail sports book from fanatics and within a couple of months we're going to see the tech entry for the first time so we'll see what the online actually looks like now what does them getting into it mean it right. doesn't mean that they disrupt the market to the point where you know FanDuel and DraftKings are having to redo everything to try to keep up with them but it does mean that we maybe see a big four be a big five or someone else enter the top four and we get to reevaluate what the market looks like going forward with some of these bigger players that we've been waiting for for a long time getting. Yeah, Dustin, this is um, one of the things we kind of did on on the pod just amongst us uh, a little bit ago where we kind of looked into the future and one of the stuff that we were looking for in 2023. Now that we've a few weeks into the year, you've had a chance to kind of digest some of the stuff that's going on or whatever. Any revisions to what you think may or may not happen in 2023? Any revisions into kind of your broad outlook of the industry here in 2023? No, I, first I want to say, I wish Adam had gone with all in sync songs for the H2s. We're going to critique the story. Uh, we have one in sync song in an H2. I, I did go with one. I did. I would have, I would have, I would have tried a way to make all of them. Uh, also a great picture. One of my enduring legacies at LSR is, is great pictures uh, with the company of stories where we're loved for that. Anyway. Yes. I, I agree with most of what's in here for sure. Uh, you know, disruption and these big guys is, is again, what I, is this, is this going to happen or not? This is what I keep coming back to is like fanatics has put a lot of resources and arguably has the best chance at disrupting the market. I think, uh, is that going to happen? I don't, as I sit here, I don't know, despite all this will for them to get into sports betting, I still am a seller on the idea that people are going to, because they buy hats and jerseys from fanatics that they're going to instantly turn into sports betters. I, 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 I don't, but if they have a great product, they do other marketing. Sure. They can get there. Uh, this is, it's fascinating. Yeah. Whatever ESPN does, whatever, 
365 does. Can anybody disrupt, really disrupt the market? I don't think, I think that's the list of who can really disrupt. Like it's, it's hard to see anybody further down the, the totem pole uh, or the pecking order or whatever to get into like really disrupt DraftKings and FanDuel or any of the top four or so this year. Um, so definitely interested there. I mean, the state map is the, is uh, the map of, of who can legalize is it looks challenging right now. Like, yes. Texas, lots of good pot. We talked about it a little, uh, some positive momentum, it seems like, but there are problems almost anywhere else where you see sports betting coming up. This is not, um, you know, we, we're used to just states legalizing it. Mm-hmm. These, these last several states that are really considering it seriously that move the needle I don't know. It's like there are problems in all of them between stakeholders who are involved to, you know, the, the machinations of the legislatures. So, you know, if Texas doesn't get done and we're looking at a, at a, you know, at a market where it's not really going to expand for sports betting, you know, the eyes turn back to California, things like that. Where, where is the growth going to come from? And that is where, you know, it then gets into what, what Sam said, like, if, if you're not going to be able to launch the new markets, like what's your value proposition and where are you finding growth? So um, it, it is all fascinating. It all comes together uh, and uh, it'll, it'll be really interesting to see where, where all these companies and uh, end up and where, where states land on the, on the legalization map uh, this year. Again, Texas is by far the biggest prize and, uh, you know, it, there's there, all the conversations in the background are all about Texas because that, like I said, California off the table for now, Florida off the table for now. Um, so where, where is it going to happen? This is where the push is going to happen. Adam, now that we're a few weeks into January, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, I truly miss Maxim bet. I, I don't, I, I just, it was, it was such a big part of everything we talked about here on the podcast and everything that was written over on LSR. There's so much, Ink that you know, and, and in time that was spent on Max, RIP Maxim, Maxim Bet. We, har- we hardly knew ye. You know, I, a couple of years ago, I had an invite when the Super Bowl was in LA to, uh, to the Maxim Bet party, and I didn't go. And I'll always wonder what could have been. You could I'll have been the spokesperson wonder. for the now defunct Maxim Bet. You know, I, it could I, have been you. I could have been drinking very sugary drinks and <laughs> hanging out with starlets who had no idea why they were there. It was just, it was amazing. Yes, Maxim Bet. I can't even, I can't even tell you what anything looked like on the. I, I've downloaded every app on the face of the planet. I couldn't even tell you a thing about it. Guys, everything we do here absolutely free. So we do appreciate asking nothing from you other than a subscribe, a rate, a review. If you're listening to the audio version, if you're over on the YouTube channel, just hit that subscribe button down below. Give us a thumbs up. That really does help. And that's all. We are asking from you here. If you want to follow Dustin on Twitter machine at Dustin Galk, you want to follow Adam. That is Adam Candy, two E's, no Y. For Adam, for Dustin, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us 
to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy.